The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Let's continue from where we left off on Sunday. So our teaching theme for this month um, is all things new. Hallelujah. We have a prophetic word for 2019. It's our year of new things. Glory be to God. May all things never be found in your life again in the name of Jesus. And that old things has many Bible connotations. Um, one direction I hope we'll get into is the Bible talking about Jesus being the last Adam. And the Bible mentioned there is a first Adam. So when God tells us new things, what he desires for us is that our lives will conform after the last Adam or the latest Adam, which is Jesus. And not the old Adam, the former Adam, which is Adam. And those are the two kinds of human beings on the face of the earth today. They are people that are old in the sense that their life is like Adam. But then there are people that are new, like you and I. Hallelujah. Our life is like Jesus. We conform to Jesus. It can also mean Old Testament, New Testament. In fact, there are people still preaching and doing everything in their power to make people conform to the Old Testament. Preaching the Ten Commandments of Moses, trying to make people live from um, like life was recorded from Genesis um, to Malachi. And there are things we can learn from Genesis to Malachi, and we should learn from Genesis to Malachi. Really, the accurate is Genesis to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> and there are people that want to, but there's a new testament. There's a new order. When God says new things, he wants your life to look like Acts of the Apostles and all the epistles. That's, that, that's new things. So they are really, it's not just new car, new house, new husband, new wife, new salary. Those things are good, um, but those are the mundane <laughs> and if you stay with only mundane, you will only be seeing mundane results. In fact, I think that's part of what I want to talk about tonight. Revelations 21 again, our text that we kicked off on Sunday, verse 5. I won't read the entire text. Um, Jesus said, I make all things new. Revelations 21, 5. And he went on in verses 6 and 7 to elaborate what he's talking about here. And like we established on Sunday, he kept referring to redemption. The, the, the statements he made in verse 6 and 7, and he said, it is done, or it is finished. It took us back to the cross. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water, the fountain of the water of life to him that thirsts, referring to the Holy Spirit. That was what he told the woman at the well. If you drink natural water, mundane things, you will thirst again. But if you can receive the Holy Spirit that I'm bringing, and you get the Holy Spirit the moment you get born again, and you can learn to drink, what we need to be teaching Christians how to live a spirit-led life, the things we thought last month about the Holy Spirit. You need to grow and be a master at it. If you drink the Holy Spirit, you will never thirst. You will always have physical water to drink, settled. You will never be in a position where you... But beyond what physical water can give you, so it's talking about new birth here. Verse 7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. New birth, because First John 5, 4, we'll get into that a bit more this evening. New birth, and you will be my son. That, that's what Jesus came to give us. We are no longer servants. What they had under the Old Testament was they were servants. They were in covenant with God. They had a relationship, but it wasn't a father-son relationship. So in saying, look, I make all things new, he now points us to the cross. Points us to the benefits of the cross and what it means to be born again. So that means, and this is what we established on Sunday, if we are going to experience new things, we must go back to redemption. 
And I made this statement in redemption uh, because of the finished work, by reason of new birth, and by being a new creation, and through the blood of Jesus, all those things, they're all the same thing. We can experience all things new. Hallelujah. Say with me, all things new is my portion. The old is gone in every area of my life. And the new has come in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, one of the themes we declared for this season, we, we, we started talking about this from the first working day of the month. Um, we are to rise and conquer. You will rise. Say with me, I will rise. And you will conquer. And we, we got that from the fact that when Jesus rose up from the grave, the things that took him to the grave, they could not hold him down any longer. No Roman government would come and arrest him and crucify him any longer. They, wouldn't even, they didn't even see him. No cross could hold him any longer. No grave could hold him any longer. He had his resurrection brought about such power and dominion that the things that took him down or held him down for those three days, they had no power over him any longer. Let me say it to you this way. Um, John 11, they came to tell Jesus, Lazarus is sick, come and heal him. Jesus tarried. Lazarus died. Jesus showed up four days later. Ah, if he had come, he wouldn't have died. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Notice when Lazarus came up from the grave, he wasn't sick any longer. The sickness that took him to the grave, glory be to God, by the power of resurrection, he had now conquered it. Hallelujah. He now had dominion over it. That's the kind of rising I want you to picture. If there's any area of your life where you seem to be down or you seem to be behind or you seem to be backward, hallelujah, hear me and hear me very well. If you will... Tap into this resurrection power that we are talking about that makes all things new possible. Not only will you come up and come out of that grave, hallelujah, the things that took you down before, you will conquer them this time in the name of Jesus. So if you are down because of sickness before, I decree and I declare over you, as you rise this time, you will never be sick another day in your life. Please learn to hear and believe such things so... I keep telling you, some of us have been living sickness-free for 25 plus years now. It's, I mean, 25 plus years. And we used to be sick before. See, I know what I'm talking about. When I caught these things by the grace of God and I started working in my life, the sicknesses I used to have before, I now conquered them. It's a rising and conquering. It's not like you are rich today, you are poor again tomorrow. Or you move forward today, you now think, mm, that, that's not the resurrection Jesus offers us. What took you down when this resurrection power begins to work? Not only will it bring you out and break the power of that thing, you will never be able to fall prey to that thing any longer in Jesus' name. Jesus told them when Lazarus came out. The Bible said when Lazarus came out, he came out with his grave clothes. He said, lose him and let him go. Hallelujah. And the thing that bound him never held him any longer from that day forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I will rise. Let me hear somebody declare that with me tonight. That, this should, that should be your mentality this season. And it's just that we can't be doing Easter every day. These are supposed to be everyday realities for us. We take Easter season to celebrate it and remind ourselves and go deeper in our understanding of it. The same way we take Christmas season to celebrate that Jesus came and he brought salvation for us. But these are supposed to be everyday realities. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. So say with me from this day forward. I will always rise and I will always conquer in every area of my life. Particularly those areas where I seem to be struggling now. In Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. And this resurrection power. That makes all things new, according to Jesus in Revelation 21. It makes it available for us. I can now have all things new because of redemption. Because of the blood of Jesus. I can now have it. 
Let me ask you this question again as I go on here. Um, I started asking these questions and ticking along these lines last month. I want to throw it to you again, and I want you to be thinking about these things and reflecting on the things we are teaching and um, believing God for in church. These things don't, don't happen without faith. Glory be to God. I talked about faith. I talked about faith again on Sunday. And it's a recurring refrain in the things we are teaching this year. One major thing that will help you experience newness is when you have a shift in the application of your faith. If you keep doing faith the way you've been doing it, you will keep getting the same results. So you, you have to allow God open your eyes, your ears, your hearts to shift. Don't, like I said on Sunday, your only interpretation or paradigm or framework of miracle is it can't be I come for a Dr. K meeting and they pray for me or they give me a word of knowledge. And that's the only thing you think about miracle. No. You will get limited results. As powerful as that is, as true as that is, you are limiting your destiny. You need to develop faith and develop your paradigm to a point where not only can I come for a snow meeting or Holy Ghost meeting or whichever meeting and get a miracle to the point where you, you, have, you now have faith that I am a miracle. I am a miracle. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Develop paradigm, like I said, get, Roman put one post up. I don't know whether it's that he was thinking about what I was saying. Sometimes these things happen. What I was talking about? That this thing started with a thought. King's word is a miracle. I'm sitting in a miracle. That you're a part of King's word. You should know that. That that should be your thinking. That should be your framework. This thing called King's word. This vision. This ministry. That God gave one young boy 30 years ago. That is now touching the world. It's a miracle. It's a wonder. There's no other way to explain it. And you need to have a paradigm that thinks that way. And a faith that operates in that way. So it's not something that they are doing for me. It's something that I am. Praise God. Number two, it's something that I am living in. I am breathing it. I'm, I, that I'm a part of this church. I am in a miracle. I am in a move of God. Hallelujah. Let me add one more. You even need to go beyond. We are still talking miracles here. And we are talking about your faith for miracles. And the kind of paradigm, framework, thinking you have. You even get to the point where I am a miracle worker. I mean, there's a difference between someone that has a paradigm of, I am a miracle worker, and someone that has a paradigm of, I'm going for that meeting, and I hope Reverend K will call my case, and I will get healed. Both of them are talking miracles, though, but they have different paradigms. And the way they are applying the same faith, there are no two, three, four, five faiths in the kingdom. God has given to each one the measure of faith. The way they are applying their faith is different. And that's why one is a Dr. K, giving the word of knowledge. And that one has been struggling with headache for the last 10 years. So shift your faith paradigm. Because all these things work by faith. And how do you get faith? You keep hearing and hearing the word. In that place of hearing the word, prayer, fasting, worshiping, the things we do in church, somehow faith will develop in the heart. If you will apply yourself to it. Can I hear loud amen? amen? So again, these are the questions. Will you live and die as a carpenter? Or like Jesus, go on to become the Messiah that God ordained you to be? Sometimes we need to think about these things. Jesus could have only lived as a carpenter. And they are great carpenters. I mean, Ikea is a carpenter. So we are, I'm not just talking about... I mean, the guy is a billionaire. The person that, the family that owns IKEA is they are in carpentry business. Oh, I hope you know all these designers. Uh, what's their name? Ralph Lauren. You know they are tailors. Eh? You, hope, you know Mercedes Benz is a mechanic. Speaking of paradigm, you see, there is a way Mercedes, Mercedes Benz thinks mechanic and that roadside guy. Yeah, in the same industry. I hope you know Virgin is in transportation business. So one is thinking about taking us to space, Virgin Galactic, another one is just one combi bus causing stress for us in Lagos. They are in the same business, but their paradigms are different. Tap someone and say, shift your paradigm. Praise God. Your framework, the way you see what you are doing. You can see transportation like Richard Branson sees it, 
and you're now thinking, look, we've done road, we've done air, let's now do space. <laughs> he doesn't have two spirits. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Is it, today is Dangote's birthday. I saw some things online. Abi, is this video or yesterday? yesterday? And they were talking about, hey, he has the number one fertilizer plant in the world. One of his friends was greeting him. He has the second largest farming industry in the same Nigeria. You know Dangote is not in the U.S. Tap someone and say, change your paradigm. You can live like Dangote in Nigeria and think I can build the biggest oil refinery in Nigeria. Or you can live in Nigeria and be thinking, hey, there's first scarcity. And that's what you think. Don't Dangote know there's first scarcity? And when our paradigm shifts, new things can happen. So the guy was talking about how, in fact, he was saying Dangote is God sent. <laughs> and how he has transformed Africa and everything. Are you going to live like a carpenter or become the Messiah that God ordained for you to be? Are you going to live like a fisherman? Fisherman. Or by the help of Jesus and the Holy Ghost like Peter, James, and John and the other apostles, you become a fisher of men. Are you like David? Going to live and die like a shepherd boy in the backside of one desert, or you will go ahead and become the king that God has ordained you to be. As we teach these things, as we when we are talking resurrection power, redemption, answer these questions because we are not careful. Total life transformation will just be what Pastor T is talking about, talking about, talking about in your church, instead of it becoming your everyday reality. Can I hear total life transformation is my portion? All these people we read about in the Bibles. I mean, I, God uses them to challenge me. I, my, my life can go better. I can experience transformation like David. So it doesn't matter where you are. Glory be to God. God can change your story. And as you begin to apply yourself to his word, these things we are teaching in church, and make them a reality in your everyday life. Oh, hallelujah. I was driving to church again today. One Kumbi bus driver. If I, it, happened, it happens a lot this week. I use them to train my, my work with the Holy Ghost. I wanted to turn. Let me start from yesterday's zone. One Okada guy, first of all, he was on the oncoming lane, going one way. <laughs> I wanted to turn. And he now screamed, and he was now abusing me. Me that I was on the right way. That I, I mean, of course, my flesh... Rose up, I wanted to, you know, like get out of my car and slap him. I can't do that one, but I could have done that. But I just thank you, Holy Spirit. Just calm myself down. Let him go with the bajantes. <clears throat> Learn to start using these simple things, praying in tongues, meditate. While you are driving, when you do mundane things. Like Okada guy abusing you and getting on you, and you can bring the word of God into that situation, bring the Holy Ghost that situation. When it's time to pick wife, you won't miss God, though. Okay, you're too late. Who's still looking for wife? (laughs) (laughs) Or to make a financial decision. But when you are far from the comforter that should redeem your life, we talked about that some lessons ago. Don't be far from him. Let the space between you and God wear thin, like that song said. Praise God. Let's move on here. So tonight, let let, let me go on here. Let's grasp the fact that the death and the resurrection, this is Easter season, the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus The ascension is what I really want to focus on. But there can't be an ascension without a resurrection. And there couldn't have been a resurrection without a death. We're talking about rising. The ascension of Jesus, it has consequences. His death has consequences. His resurrection has consequences. His ascension has consequences. What do I mean by that? There was this airplane, um, this Boeing airplane that crashed recently, if you follow international news. In fact, two planes have crashed now. And hundreds of people have died. Their death has consequences. One insurance company is paying big money. Am I right or am I right? 
I can guarantee you now that they are saying that is the airplane people that design. One engineer is losing his job forever. He may never build another plane. In fact, his children's children may never go near a plane again. When people die in a sane society, let me put that caveat there, there are consequences. You can't murder someone or kill someone and no, there are consequences. How much more the son of the living God? That Jesus died, it has somebody's, there, there must be consequences. Now, for us believers, it's positive consequences. For the devil and his cohorts, it's negative. The families of all the people that died in these air crashes, God bless their soul, they are going to receive compensation. The airlines are going to pay them millions. Don't worry, they, they, they have insurance for it. Boeing may probably have to pay something. There are consequences. People just don't die. Jesus just can't die. For where? God died. <laughs> there must be consequences. And that's what we are talking about. And we are talking about rising. The question is, what is the impact, the effect, the consequences, positive, of Jesus' death, his resurrection, and his ascension in my life? That's what we should be talking about and meditating on and thinking about when we are talking Easter. It shouldn't be a religious thing. You know, religion is very terrible. Oh, another Easter season has come. Hey, we now gather and we sing about the cross, and everything remains the same. Nobody gets compensated. It's only in certain countries that those kind of things happen. In heaven, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That God will die, or the Son of God will die, and there are no consequences. No. Glory be to God. So for us believers, this, there are positive benefits to Jesus' dying. That's how we got born again. Hallelujah. That's how we got delivered from hell. These are the consequences of his dying. That's how we got saved from sin and death and poverty. And for the devil, it has consequences. He's spending eternity in fire. The devil and his cohorts. This is how the Bible says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. Had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, if they had known about the consequences, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. His death. His resurrection, his ascension has consequences. Things can't remain the same now that Jesus has died. And I prophesy over your life, things will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. New things cannot... You see, that's what I just can say. Behold, I make all things new. My death has consequences. Because I died and I rose and I ascended, there must be change. Revelations 5.12 again. If I've preached it once to you in this church or quoted it, I've quoted it a thousand and one times. Angels will soon start punishing members of this church that can't quote this verse by, by heart. Just, they just give you a knock somewhere. By now, you still don't know Revelations 5.12. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power. These are the consequences. Because the lamb was slain, we can now receive power, glory be to God, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. The same way the family members of all the people that died in those air crashes will receive insurance compensation because their family member died in a, car, in a plane crash. Now that Jesus has died, those that believe in him, particularly if they have the right faith paradigm, Maybe you never thought you could believe God for power. Or maybe you never thought you were a powerful Christian. Change that paradigm. It is wrong. There's no, like I said, there's no, no such thing as a believer that doesn't have power. Because of the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. It has consequences. I love the way the psalmist said it. Psalm 68. Psalm 68 verse 18. You ascended on high. His ascension. And you know, there can't be ascension without resurrection. And there can't be resurrection without death. 
You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men. KJV says it this way. You have received gifts for men. That's what Revelation was talking about. Power is a gift from God to us. Jesus received it for us. You receive gifts for men. Even the rebellious. Ha! When Jesus died, he didn't die for the good people. He didn't die for the Christians alone. There were no Christians. It was his death that made it possible for men to become Christians. So nobody should be saying, hey, I've done so much bad, hey, I've done that I can't receive. No, change that paradigm. That's a wrong way to think and to believe. Even the rebellious can benefit. You know, if there was a family member that is connected to one of those um, victims of the plane crash, they won't say because, hey, maybe you, you've never flown on an airline before. We will not give you the compensation. No. It doesn't matter what. It's not about the recipient. It's about the person that died. Can I hear loud amen? His death, burial, and ascension comes with consequences. He has received gifts for men. Look at verse 20. Blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits. These things are supposed to be enjoyed daily. Can I hear loud Amen. Can someone declare I'm enjoying the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension daily? Hallelujah. And come in that time, we emphasize it again. You go deeper in your understanding of it. You go deeper in your faith of it. So that for the next one year, you won't be enjoying it in 2019 like you enjoyed it in 2018. You should enjoy it more now. In fact, that's really the, re- the main thing now. We should be walking in the fullness of these things and rising higher and higher in their manifestations. Oh, hallelujah. That's the way God designed it. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Hallelujah. Our God is the God of salvation, verse 20 says. And to him, to God, the Lord, belongs escapes from death. Hallelujah. You will forever be escaping from death. Can I tell you why? Jesus has died on your behalf. So premature death will forever be far from you. Can I tell you why? Jesus died prematurely. To our God belongs escapes from death. You will only die now because your time is up or out of extreme old age. Good old age. A life that you have enjoyed resurrection power all through. Glory be to God. Like somebody said, there's no point living old if you're going to be suffering for all the years. You might as well go to heaven like Lazarus in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Apostle, you see that psalm we read, the psalmist. Apostle Paul took it to another dimension. Ephesians 4 from verse 7. Hallelujah. Somebody say, blessed be God, who daily loads my life with benefits. But to each one of us, please can you help me look at anybody and say, that includes you. Tell another neighbor, that includes you. Each one of us, not some of us, not the spiritual gym gym among us, not the pastors, not only the people that come for midweek service. Let me help the quote-unquote rebellious here a bit. <laughs> each one of us, each one of us, grace was given. How? According to the measure of Christ's gift. Say it again, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus has positive consequences in my life. And this year, I'm walking in higher dimensions of it. I am rising higher and higher in manifestations of these positive benefits. Oh, hallelujah. Each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, he now quoted what the psalmist said, Wherefore he ascended on high. The same thing the psalmist was saying in um, um, Psalm 68. He led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. 
Praise the Lord. So they've moved forward. They've put some of our things. So even when power goes, it doesn't have to disturb service while they are switching power. By the way, part of the things we want to do in projects is we want to get inverters. So it's not just this light that will be on and a few other things. Praise the Lord. Okay, verse 9. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also descended? So there can't be a resur- an ascension without a resurrection. He died first. Hallelujah. He descended into the lower parts of the earth. So he's talking about redemption and the death of Jesus. He who descended also is the one that ascended far above heavens. Far above all the heavens, that he might feel all things. Verse 11, this is what the psalmist did not see or did not know. You see, New Testament is always deeper and greater than Old Testament. I was thinking about this today, talking about new things. You know, I was on the island today, and I remember stories my father used to tell me when they were young. These days, when I go to the island, my father is still alive, by the way, but even he does that now, but I drive to the island. My father said when they were younger, they used to walk. Who had, who car, who had, how many people had car in Lagos then? <laughs> they would walk from island. They said Yaba was the limit of Lagos then. <laughs> and you have to walk. Some of them had shoes on. Some did not have shoes on. Our forefathers did not have shoes So there are things we are enjoying today that the people back in the day did not enjoy. Glory be to God. So that's why you can read. They are both quoting the same scripture. Um, The psalmist just said he has benefits for us, which is what Paul said in grace 7, that all of us have received gifts of grace. But look at what Paul now added in verse 11. Consequences of just resurrection. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And he went on to explain. So one of the dimensions, look at, please catch this revelation of Jesus' gift to us is ministry. In, in, this, in theology, we call these ministry gifts. Because Jesus died, some of you should be pastors. Some of you should be evangelists. Some of you should be prophets. It's a gift. Some of you should be teachers. Hallelujah. That is the grace that has been given to you. It's a gift. It, the consequence of Jesus' dying was so that Pastor T can manifest. And he can manifest to the point where he becomes world number one pastor. Because the grace that is working, there's no superior grace to it. Hallelujah. Now, it's not only limited. You see, Paul's revelation here was, his focus here was ministry. It's not limited to ministry. In theology, we talk about ministry gifts. We talk about spiritual gifts. In fact, in my own Bible, the heading is spiritual gifts. But we, in, in Bible study and theology, we separate them. There's ministry where we are talking about what God has now enabled you, gifted you to be able to do supernaturally. Because Jesus died. So for Jesus to have died, please catch where I'm going tonight. And for Jesus to have resurrected, and for Jesus to have ascended, and Pastor T is still living like a fisherman instead of a fisher of men. Let me bring it to my story. He's still living like an accountant instead of becoming the pastor that God ordained him to be. It's not. It's wrong. That's like somebody's that died. Their family died in this Ethiopia Airlines, and you're not collecting the compensation. The death has consequences. You can't remain the way you are. If you will walk, hallelujah, in this resurrection power, it will raise you up. Can I hear somebody shout, I'm being raised? raised. The consequences is that some people cannot be apostles. Some people cannot be pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers. Some people can now have skills supernaturally. It's not just limited to ministry gifts, spiritual gifts. The gifts of the Spirit, like we were talking about last month, can now be working in some people's lives because Jesus died. Natural gifts or vocational gifts can also be any kind of gift. Power can now be working. Wisdom can now be working. Praise the Lord. Because it daily loads our lives with benefits. Amen. 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 So I say again, we ought, 
Let me hear somebody say, I ought. We ought to be walking and living in the fullness of these benefits. If you are to be a pastor, bless God, be a pastor. Rise into it with resurrection power. Don't remain a fisherman. When, because of his death, you cannot be a fisher, fisher of men. Glory be to God. Now, that's just one dimension that Apostle Paul emphasized in Ephesians 4. But if you have to be a businessman, be a businessman, supernaturally. Be what Jesus died and rose for and obtained for you to become. Be that. Amen. And keep rising higher and higher. Pastor T, in 2019, you should be a better pastor than you were in 2018 and 2017. In fact, all the previous years combined together. And you keep rising higher and higher. Someone shout out loud, I will rise. I will will not remain the same. I I will not remain on the same level. And bless God, I'm not going to draw backward. The death and the resurrection of Jesus has consequences. Oh, hallelujah. Go back to Revelations 21. Let me narrow down to what I really want to stress this evening. And then we're going to pray. And I want everyone to just believe God for all things new. New things, new things, new things. Let God walk new things out into manifestation and operation in your life. Verse 7 now. You know, verse 5, he had said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, talking about redemption. Look at what he said again in verse 7. He who overcomes, please don't miss this, shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. Is Jesus your God? I can't hear you this evening. If you are confident that Jesus is your God, shout it out loud. Is Jesus your God? And he will be my son. Now, please, you know, on Sunday I said son and daughter, and that's okay for understanding, but please, in the spirit, there are no genders. There are some things when we leave this world, we'll be shocked. But let me give you the way God taught me to explain it, because some people will be wondering, some people think the Bible is gender, it's not gender sensitive. No, there's, there's no male and female in the spirit. It's only in the physical that there's female and there's male. There are no female spirits. And there are no male spirits. And that's a, a subject for another day. But you know, look at when you were inside the womb, you were in another world. But when you came into this world, certain things didn't matter anymore. For one, your umbilical cord didn't matter anymore. We cut it and threw it away. Your gender will not matter in the spirit. We cut it and threw it away. When you go out of this world. So when you see the Bible, you see so and so It's not that it doesn't like women. Some religious people try to make Christianity be oppressing women. <laughs> they don't understand God. So when he says son there, it's not that he's, you know, they could have put woman there or daughter there. It doesn't make any difference. There is no male or female in the spirit. So look at that. And I want you to particularly pay attention to three words. Number one, overcome. Number two, inherit. And number three, that's we are his sons, we are his children. Amazing. Glory be to God. And what I want us to grab again tonight, and I know you have heard it before, or you should have heard it before, but we are talking about you walking in the fullness of this thing. You need to understand that we are heirs. And this is vital to us walking in all things new. A consciousness that we are heirs of God. That's what he's saying here. He that overcomes. And again, overcomes there is not talking about old school Christians used to preach this. This way I was going with that analogy that my father used to walk from Lagos Island. I don't walk from Lagos Island now, except I want to do exercise. And I don't have that kind of strength yet. <laughs> I'm going to the island, I enter a car. If I don't have a car, we enter a bus. So I can't be thinking like my fathers did. My fathers, my forefathers will walk with bare feet. For where? I don't walk with bare feet. I look for nice, comfortable shoes. 
We have grown. So Old Testament or old school Christians, when they read words like this overcome, they think you now have to struggle to make heaven. Somebody says thinking, thinking. Say Old Testament thinking, old thinking. You don't struggle to make heaven. It's a gift. When he says overcome, they are saying you overcome by being born again. First John 5, 4 and verse 5. Watch it. See, you use Bible to interpret Bible, not your sense. Some people, once they see the word overcome, it's now fight. No. Okay, it's fight. All right, but Jesus has fought the fight for you. You should now by faith receive, hallelujah, what he has obtained for you. So now that I get born again, then for the next 30 years, I now struggle. No television. I must fast five days a week. I can't look at women. Even my wife, I can't look at her. You struggle to overcome all the temptations of God, then you enter heaven. You, if you're not careful, you may not even make it that way. Yeah. That's not what that overcome there means. Look at what the overcome there means. Watch it. First John 5, 4 and 5. Whatever is born of God. Eh? So when he says he who overcomes, he's saying he that is born again. That, that's how you overcome. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift. There are many ways they describe our um, inheritance in scriptures. It's like heirs of salvation. That's who we are. You don't work for an inheritance. Ah, let me quickly move. I want to get there tonight. So somebody's prayer will be more effective. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our struggling while we are on this side of eternity... All our fasting, all our not looking at women because we are men. They don't understand there's no gender in the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. You see, old school Christians used to think that. And God allowed it, just like God allowed our forefathers to be walking around with bare feet. For you to be walking around with bare feet in 2018, if we were a proper country, they should carry you somewhere. <laughs> moved so we don't think like the old school Christians now how do we overcome we get born again and we have faith this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith hallelujah look at verse 5 in case you don't understand verse 4 who is he that overcomes the world watch how you overcome the world but he that does what Ah, that is yes my life is easy Jesus did he made it easy all I need. When he says, he that overcomes, is he that believes in Jesus. That's how you overcome. And if you can overcome that one, you can overcome sickness with the same believing. Glory be to God. You can overcome poverty with the same believing. You can overcome sin with the same believing. You can overcome any work of darkness with the same believing. Same faith. So, he that overcomes shall inherit he that is born again. Now, he started with, behold, I make all things new. He's now telling us how to walk in it. By resu- the resurrection power I've made available. You, you get born again, and when you get born again, you become an heir. Hallelujah. Let someone shout, I'm an heir. This is the crux of where I'm going tonight. Are you aware that you are an heir? I know you have heard it before. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you are driving and the Okada guy caught you, are you conscious that you are the heir of God? When sickness attacks your body and doctor says there's no cure, are you conscious that you are the heir of God? When there's no money in your pocket, are you conscious that you are the heir of God? Because if you are going to have all things new, resurrection power is the way. And if resurrection power is the way, understanding that you are born of God, being conscious of it, being aware of it, leaving it out that you are an heir of God is vital. In fact, it's everything. The Christian that is ignorant that is an heir. The Christian that doesn't know how to exercise faith in him being an heir, he may not see all things new. That's the implication of what we are teaching here or what is written here. A consciousness that I'm an heir of God. Ah, 
Let, let me divert into this a bit. Vital, vital. Luke 12, 15. This guy came to meet Jesus. My father just died, but my older brother, I assume, he's taking all the inheritance. Have you heard those stories before? <laughs> Someone was telling me that story. Interesting story. The mom or the mother-in-law passed on. Her brother, the mother-in-law's brother, giving her a property before she died. And when he now died, he now came and collected his property back. So the children cannot be enjoying the inheritance anymore. <laughs> it's been happening since Bible days. Stop saying, ah. <laughs> Nothing should surprise you about that. So it's been there in Bible. So that's what the guy came. And Jesus' response, so he told Jesus to come and send fire from heaven to kill the brother so he can get there. Jesus said, hey, beware of covetousness. A man's life. Look at the text. Please, understand that we are talking about inheritance here. Please watch what he's teaching. He said to him, Luke 12, 15, take heed. Tap your neighbor and say, take heed. And beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. It's interesting that that's what he told the guy that possesses nothing. <laughs> Amen. He, did, he said, you know, the guy came to me, they have taken the property from me. I'm not getting any rent. Before, when my father was alive, I used to get something. Now my father has died. They have now taken. And Jesus said, it's not about what you have. This guy has nothing. That is very, very interesting. So let's quickly break it down. First of all, if you have something, the statement Jesus made, be careful. Don't let that thing control you. Don't have a million dollars in an account. And you now think all there is to your life is a million dollars. You are selling yourself short. You have one million, million, trillion, trillion, billion, billion, is there anything like that? Dollars. You are an heir of God. Who settle for one million dollars when you own the entire world? Your life is more than the things you possess. You are an heir of God. Stop fighting after earthly inheritance. Hey! Ah, it will take some of you a few days to get it, but go and meditate on it. Your life is not about what you own. It's much more. He told them the price or the cost of one soul. One. There are 8 billion plus of us, or so around 8 billion now. By the time we add all people that have been living since Adam till now, <laughs> only God knows how many human beings God has created. <laughs> so let's just, let's stay with 8 billion. At least that's the one they accounted now. Say one is worth more than the entire world. One of us is worth more than the entire world. So don't make life about what you possess. That's what Jesus was telling you. The answer to, they've cut away my salary, they've cut away my inheritance. So let's flip it now to the guy that Jesus made the statement to. And for many people, this way it comes in. So we understand that if I have one billion dollars, I shouldn't make about the one billion dollars. The same way, if I have zero dollars, don't make life about the zero dollars. And this is where many people are. People are depressed because they don't have money in their bank account. They don't have a car. They are, they are not happy. They don't have a job. They are not happy. Or they have a job that is not paying them the income they want. Life, you see, you can fall into the ditch on the other side of the road. You can be the guy that has... And because of your wrong perspective that life is about what I have, you are in a ditch. The same way, you can also be this guy that came to meet Jesus. You don't have. And that's why you are depressed. It's wrong. And this is the revelation that you are missing. You don't know you are an heir of God. Whether I have or I don't have. That's what is missing. The guy that is unhappy... Because he just lost his job or can't pay the rent or can't pay the bills. If you ever fall into that ditch, it's because you've forgotten you're an heir of God. Glory be to God. How much money did Jesus have when he was here? But he remembered who he was. Like when he was going, he was so God restored to me the glory that I had before I came. Even though he lived like a common person, he still knew who he was. He told them everywhere, I'm the son of God. I am my father, I want. And he walked in the consciousness, the awareness, and the glory with high faith. Oh, 
right paradigm face of that thing. That's how you and I have to live. Praise God. I'm going to show you something deeper in that direction on Sunday. But let me quickly close there. Say with me, I'm an heir. It doesn't matter what I possess. What is written is true. It doesn't matter what I don't possess. What is written is true. I am God's heir. Let me give you some scriptures to build your faith in that. Remind you, for those of you that already know it, those of you that don't know it, note it. Go and meditate on it. Go and pray about it. Go and let it be. You see, the question is not that have you heard that you are an heir. Mm-mm. Most people have heard. Are you aware? Are you conscious? Because that's where the power is. Where you can still remember the Holy Ghost when another guy crosses you. And your flesh doesn't take over. If you can live that that way. Church, are you hearing me? If you can live that way, man. Where you can still remember you're an heir, where there's no money. I mean, they came to me, Jesus, there's no money to pay tax. And I'm sure I'm an heir of God. I own the entire world. I can't be stranded. Peter, go to the lake. Put in your hook. The first fish, open his mouth, you'll find gold coin there. That is how an heir behaves. Not that, hey, God, where's the next me going to come from? No, you've lost consciousness of who you are. Now, don't go to Ethiopia tomorrow and go and drop in Fuku. That's not the, <laughs> the point of the message. But you can, in that place, pray like Jesus, and your own may be, you know what? I, this happened to me several years ago, when I just left my company. Just praying, believing these things. And go and meet so and so person, a family friend of my parents, and she will give you a job. I must have made several millions from that contact. You are not living in Bible days. You are living in 21st century Nigeria. So most likely what they will tell you is go and meet so-and-so person. They will give you a job. But only if you remember you are an heir where there is no business. I know that you are not supposed to be standard. Hallelujah. Go and meet. When I entered the office and I told her, ah, I've been looking for someone. She just took me to accountant straight. Start. I started the job that day. Pastor Lan. This was when Pastor Lan was a pastor. The first check they gave me 100,000. I had never seen 100,000 my name on it. It was testimony in church. I don't think King's Word had ever seen 100,000 with a member's name on it. Remember, we were students. Somebody said, I'm living in a wonder. We were students. 100,000 naira for where? 100,000 naira. My name boldly written on top in capital letters. For where? It had never happened before. <laughs> But when it wasn't there, we knew we were heirs. Hebrews 11, 14. Let me begin to close. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to those that shall inherit salvation? I love it better in the KJV. That shall be heirs of salvation. Somebody say, I'm an heir of salvation. salvation. I can't hear you. Say, I'm an heir. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. And because you are sons, remember no gender in the spirit, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. You are not in the Old Testament. You have something better. You are not in the days of your father where you should be walking from Lagos Island to mainland. Use a car, my friend. (laughs) Hallelujah. You are no longer a slave but a son. And if you are a son then you are an heir of God through Christ. Oh, it gets more beautiful. Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons of God through faith. And please, very important. We've talked about faith a lot. You, you believe these things. You believe them, it works. You don't believe it, it won't work. We activate and walk in the fullness and the reality of these things when we believe them. And the best time to believe them or the most critical time to believe them is when there's no money. Or when the Okada guy crosses your way. That's when you must remember the Holy Ghost right inside of me. And I have this, uh, the fruit of patience and temperance. Not that you get out and you slap Okada driver. It shouldn't be. Forgotten who you are. And I can tell you, the, it was a damn guy that did when I was coming to church this evening. 
Those people help you to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. And it can be a colleague at the office, or a neighbor in your compound, or a sibling in your house, or a spouse on your bed. They are there to help you what cultivate. Not that you're giving them your flesh. Forgotten who you are. You do it by faith. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, verse 26. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ, which was established in verse 26, you are Abraham's seed and heirs. According to the promise. You, you meditate on these things. You fill your consciousness with it. Particularly when you need a manifestation of all things new. He that overcomes, he that is born again shall inherit. He that overcomes is an heir. I have made all things new. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The last one I want to give you, just to meditate on. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, and if we are children, then what? We are heirs. I am an heir of God. I'm an heir of God. Think about the royal family, Buckingham Palace. You know, I think God allows things in the natural to help us with our spiritual. Go and watch those. Go online, Google them, and transport what they are doing physically into your spiritual reality until something marks your heart. Let me close. This is where I'm going tonight. Keep that Buckingham Palace picture in your mind. There's no better father than God. Hallelujah. I've been talking about this for several weeks now. There's no better father. The queen mother is not a better father or mother to her children and her grandchildren and her greater than God is. If that queen, Elizabeth, can provide for her dynasty the way she's doing, that none of those children will ever hunger, none of them will ever thirst. Have you read that in your Bible? You know where that lesson is. None of them will ever go to prison. None of them will ever be sick. They will look for the best doctor. She's not a better parent than God. There is no better father. And you are his heir. There is no better father than God. Please let that enter your spirit. God told me that. I told you the story. When Toby said that, I'm cold. There is no better father. God told me you can't parent better than I do. So I turned that around. I've been using it for my benefit too. That what God is doing for me now is far better than what I'm doing for my children. I use that into my benefit. I, you, you, this, I'm sitting here in meditation and activating these things by faith. So look at the text. Luke 11. I've been quoting it since. Let me base it on scripture. Then I'm going to close something powerful here. Luke 11, 11. If you then being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. When your son says he's cold, you can do something. You, you, look, I don't believe there is any way any child of God can pray and God will not answer. Now, the answer may not come the way they want. They may not be praying in faith. They may not want the response God is giving them, but that God will not answer. There is no better father than God. If you being evil, Pastor T, natural, that's what that evil there means. You can take care of your children. How much more? That's how better God is. Much more than Queen Elizabeth. Oh, Pastor T, much more. How much more will who? Your heavenly father. Is this your father? Are you still his heir? Give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is how to, Jesus told us, Revelation 21, you want all things new. Said, see it, oh, I've made all things new. Walk in your inheritance. Rise on your feet tonight. You're going to pray. Some dangerous prayer. Leave those hands to God. Bless him and remind him or remind yourself that God is your father. You are the heir of God. You are the son, daughter of God. And then praise him and bless him that there is no better father. There is no better father. Thank him. Let this revelation do something to your thinking. I don't know your perspective to life. 
I don't know whether you're that guy that because of the challenges you are going through, you've forgotten that you're an heir. You don't think like you're an heir. You don't talk like an heir. You don't behave like an heir. You've allowed your senses and your circumstances, the money that is in your bank account, or the money that is not there, you've allowed that to cloud your judgment. Please use this thing you've heard tonight to renew your mind and lift your hands and appreciate God for what he has done for you through the cross, through the finished work. I'm an heir of God. The death of Jesus has consequences. What is the consequence? It has made me an heir of God. It has made me an heir of God. That's my own compensation. Jesus died and they compensated me by grace with inheritance from heaven. Does God deserve your praise or what? Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. The death of Jesus, his resurrection, his ascension has consequences. So I will rise like he rose. I'm going to rise, number one, in the consciousness of this inheritance and in the manifestation of it. Oh, Come on, talk to him. Let your mind be washed. Let your heart be renewed. I'm an heir. Let every trace of doubt and fear and unbelief, let them melt away. As the light of this glorious truth shines upon your heart. I'm an heir. I'm an heir of God. And my life does not consist in what I have or what I don't have. My life is that I'm an heir of God. It's much more than this world can ever give me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Can somebody shout a loud hallelujah here tonight? Let me give you something that you're going to use to pray. And I don't know how you want to pray it. I will advise you to pray fervently. I will advise you to open your mouth and just tap into some depths of God's grace tonight. Look, if you walk in these revelations, it will affect every area of your life. All things new. So, I was in the school. Was it this week or last week? I'm not even sure. Last week. We are trying to get... Ori Affair is going to start crash soon. So, I went to pay. Please hear me very carefully. Say with me, there's no better father than God. So, I paid the fee, collected the form... Then the guy looked up and said, whose name should I write? Or, I think he asked, what's your daughter? He didn't ask for my name. My, my thinking was, if you're the one paying, then we ask for your name. But he said, no, your, your child's name. And he said, right, I gave him the name. And he said, right, he didn't write the receipts in my name. He wrote the receipts in Oriofer's name. And as he was writing, I just had the Spirit of God. Is this why you're going to pray tonight? I had the Spirit of God. The same way, that you are paying for it and it's in your face name. There are things I've written in your name. There are gifts I've written in your name. There are riches. I mean, the girl, she didn't even know I was paying for her school fees. Does she even know anything called school? So, the same way you are ignorant of miracles, of blessings, God told me to tell you tonight, to tell everybody in this church, there are miracles with your name written on it, paid for by God. There are breakthroughs with your name written on it, paid for by God. She is going to start school. When is the next time? No, no, no. First September now. So there are some things that by end of May, Abby. End of April. There are some things that God has paid for for you that you are supposed to walk in. It's paid, though. Not that you know. She takes that receipt. There's no, but no devil can stop her from entering that school. <laughs> Praise God. My life has changed, though. When that revelation entered, ah, you know, I told you there are benefits for us. The devil is in trouble. So, I have paid for certain things for you. I not just paid for your name. There's no, you person can't collect it. It's Pastor T. And God wrote Pastor T. They didn't even write something that came. So, <laughs> Pastor T, King's word on that. Is there another Pastor T, King's word? Or maybe they're right. My name <laughs> is my own. That miracle is mine. That breakthrough is mine. They say there is no better parent than God. 
eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Uri of his eye has not seen that we have paid our school fees. Our ear has not heard it. It, it can't even enter heart. What does he know about school? We are just going to carry her there the morning. Although I think she has still sensing some things now. When I'm taking Nifemi and Toby's school, she starts crying. She wants to come with us. So how many people can sense a breakthrough? Or something new. She, I think she's sensing that she's supposed to be going out in the morning. But her eye has not seen it. Her ear has not heard it. It hasn't entered her heart. But God has prepared it for you. First Corinthians 2 9. So that's why you're going to pray tonight. Glory be to God. Say with me in the name of Jesus. The, name of Jesus. the, gifts, the gifts. The miracles. The, the blessings. I can't hear somebody. Oh, the breakthroughs. The promotions. The various things that make for my rising, that my father has paid for with my name written on it. I pray them out by faith. I receive them and I decree and I declare by this time tomorrow, I am walking in their manifestation in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray that thing with all your heart. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0 0 0 0 0640